Welcome to the podcast for Centerpoint Church. Located in the heart of Concord, New Hampshire, Centerpoint is all about living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus. The message today is a part of that journey, and we are glad to have you join us. There's going to be a party. All right. Well, the party started. This has been good. It's good to be here with you this morning. Uh, before we uh, jump into the message, want to just put something on, on your radar. Lauren had mentioned our kitchen table conversation coming up on Wednesday, and that's going to be an important time where we can talk about a variety of things of uh, kind of church life, life together, but one of those big pieces we're putting forward there is uh, uh, the budget for 2024, and so this is going to be an important time to engage that. <clears throat> you got some communication, chances are, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, where if things continue in the direction that we're going, uh, we're going to um, be have a shortfall in our budget uh, for this year. And so we're wanting to uh, navigate those things well and uh, then plan well for the year ahead. And we'd love your input in that process. Uh, we'd also love your prayer in this process. Uh, I know even as we, <clears throat> as I just said, you know, we'll get to the end of this year probably with a shortfall. Um, if, if something doesn't change, and I'm not even exactly sure what that is and what that's going to look like, but we're going to pray about that, and I want to encourage you as church family to be praying about that and see what, what God might do. It's possible that God would stir you or others to fill in that gap, which is great. Um, we do have uh, some money that has been set aside uh, to kind of navigate some of these times coming out of COVID, uh, but if we don't, we, so we can use that, but if we don't use that, then we get to use that for other stuff and blessing other ministries and churches and uh, groups in our community, all right? So we're just kind of wait and see what God wants to do with all of this. I also want to say, I know that a lot of you have been really faithful. Uh, you have been faithful through your own uh, navigating these, these tricky times and our church's tricky times. Uh, you have been faithful in your giving. And for those of you who have been doing that, I want to say thank you. Um, on behalf of the leadership, thank you for all that you have been doing. Uh, we are grateful for you. And we get to do uh, church how we do it because of your faithfulness and because of your giving. And, and so thank you. So just want to hold that out for you, open-handed. Right? It's, it's not with manipulation or anything like that. It's just holding it out open-handed, want you to be aware of those dynamics and so that you can be prayerful about that because we navigate this together as church family, right? And we see what God wants to do. So let's, let's see what God wants to do as we walk this road together, all right? And again, you want to talk more about that, uh, be a part of those discussions, then Wednesday is going to be a great opportunity to do that. All right. In fact, let's just stop right now and, and pray for this and uh, pray for our church, uh, pray for our world, and pray for uh, God, what we're going to learn as we study God's word together. So let's pray together. Father, we uh, hold ourselves out to you uh, as an offering, as, as, as a gift. Um, we could never repay you for what you have done. Um, and that's not what we're even attempting to do. Uh, but we worship you, we hold ourselves out toward you in humility, in worship, um, in humble submission, um, because that's what love looks like. That, that's what you've said, Jesus, what it looks like to love you, is to obey you, to give ourselves to you, and so we do that. Um, God, we, as we come before you, uh, you know the, just even the financial dynamics in our church, there's nothing that escapes your attention, and, uh, and so we... We lay that before you with open hands. We lay it before you. And we ask you to move on our behalf, uh, that you would give us wisdom and insight and understanding, that you would uh, stir 
amongst all of us here on, on how you want us to respond to those things. That you would provide for ways in us that are even surprising to us. And so we open ourselves up to you to see what you want to do here um, as we walk in faithfulness to you. you. You provide so well. You are a generous God, and out of your abundance, you provide. And so we're grateful for that, but we also ask you to, to move on our behalf in this. God, we look at the world around us. Uh, wars, rage, anger, and violence seems to cover the earth. Um, and that's not your design. You have designed all of this with goodness. You have designed us as humans to reflect your love back into the world. And yet so often we choose not to do that. We reject your love. We rebel against your law. And our earth is covered with the violence of those who reject you. So forgive us and move, God, to bring your peace in us, through us, in your people, through your people. Bring your peace, Lord Jesus. And even now, as we study your word, would you give us your insight and wisdom? It's amazing to me that uh, your spirit who inspired these words when they were written is the same spirit that's here with us today, that teaches us. Thank you. Thank you for being our teacher. Um, and so we put ourselves under your care, under your word, under your spirit, uh, that we might be taught by you today, that we might be changed by you today for our good and for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's turn to the New Testament book of Luke. We're continuing in our series, Forward Together, and last week Joe just did a fantastic job launching us off in uh, part one of uh, moving forward as disciples together, and uh, we were reminded that disciples are apprentices, uh, disciples are those that put themselves under another, and of course we are disciples of Jesus. Uh, the fact of the matter is, we are all discipled by somebody. We are all discipled by, by some idea. We, we're all discipled somewhere in our life. Um, and as, uh, as those who bear the name Christian, we put ourselves under Jesus. And it even highlights places that we've been influenced by other ideas, other persons. Um, but we are apprentices of, we're disciples of Jesus. We put ourselves under Jesus. We learn from him. We walk with him as he has rescued us, transformed us. And we do so with the power of the Holy Spirit alive in us. That's a gift that he has given us. We don't do this in our own strength. And so even as we hold out what discipleship looks like, and uh, Joe kind of uh, leaned into the teachings of Jesus, that if any of you wants to be Jesus' disciples, his apprentices, then you must pick up your cross daily and follow him. That, that we recognize that it is a... Uh, death to self that we might live in him that's heavy isn't it and it might even be a different perception of what you thought the christian life was but let's let jesus continue to mess with our perceptions a little bit shall we let's let him continue to shape for us what it looks like to put ourselves under him, to be his apprentices, to be disciples of Jesus. And so we look again at Jesus' teaching in Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. 
I want to read verses uh, 27 through 36. Luke 6, beginning at verse 27, we're going to read through 36. Um, and then we'll, we'll process it a little bit together. All right. <clears throat> but to you who are listening... I say, I want to pause, okay, I'm going to pause there. I'm not going to do this every other word, I promise. But, but just that, that word there that in a lot of our translations it says listening, other translations might say hearing. To those who hear. I want to pause there for just a minute because reverberating auditory nerves is not what Jesus is talking about here. What Jesus is talking about here is an openness to hear. We'll hear Jesus We'll hear Jesus sometimes say, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And these are moments where Jesus is capturing our attention. And, and he's even delineating. Some of you are, are able to take in noise and understand words, but you're not hearing. And so as Jesus is putting this out there, he, he's, he's teaching us, but he's calling on those who Hear. So even in those verses, but to you who are listening, to those who hear, which actually even begs the question, do you have ears to hear? And for those who do, this is what he says, but to you who are listening, who are hearing, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But... There it is again, love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Hmm. It's heavy, isn't it? Like if, if we're hearing, it's heavy. What are some of the pieces that stood out to you? What did you notice as we look through this passage together? What did you notice? Go ahead and say it out. The golden rule, right? There it is, right there. Right? God is merciful, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. What else did you notice? Say it again, Patty. Love is action, not feeling. 
Love is action, not feeling. That's kind of standing out here for you, isn't it? Yeah, we're getting a, a view for what love looks like, aren't we? Yeah, there was somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, that whole uh, centerpiece there when he's talking about if, uh, if you love those who love you, big whoop. It's kind of what is going there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you saw that. Tammy. Oh, do what's difficult, but without expecting return. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Norma, you've, you've shared with us. I want to go ahead and see if we got anybody else here. What do you got, Alex? If someone takes your coat, uh, don't withhold your shirt. Yeah, if somebody takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt. It kind of stood out there, didn't it? Yeah. You can't do all this without him. You can't do all this without him. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Teresa? Love is beyond a comfort zone. Love is beyond a comfort zone, isn't it? It stands out. Right, yeah, if, we, if I insist on being in my comfort zone, love is being withheld, isn't it? Yeah, that's good, Teresa, thank you. One or two more? Bless your enemies. Bless your enemies. Ooh, yeah, yeah. He tells us twice to love our enemies. Yeah, it's a repeat, isn't there, isn't it? And what we know is when Jesus repeats things, hello, listen up a little bit more, right? And so he's really dialing in there. He tells us twice, love your enemies. Great. Yeah, you're, you're, you're doing a great job. Okay, one more. What do we got? Lead by example. Lead by example, right? Jesus does this, right? He shows us what this looks like. He's not saying it from the cheap seats. This is the life that he is living out. It's also the life that he's drawing his disciples into. That's great. Ah, this, these are fantastic uh, observations and things we're noticing. They percolate up for us. And what we see all throughout this whole thing is there, like Jesus is calling us as his people. Like if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, you're not sure who he, uh, he is, you're not sure you want to follow him. One, I love that you're here. Uh, listen in, listen in to what this life looks like. Uh, and, and part of what even scripture says is count the cost because this is part of the cost. So, so this is the teaching that Jesus has for those of us who bear his name, who have submitted ourselves to him. And he's calling us into this different kind of life that's characterized by, by love. Particularly love your enemies. Enemy love does something. Enemy love embeds the transforming fruit of the Spirit more deeply in us as it unleashes God's love through us into the world. Listen to that again. Enemy love, love of our enemies, embeds, more deeply embeds the transforming fruit of the Spirit, the work of God's Spirit, what the character of Christ looks like, the transforming fruit of the Spirit more deeply in us, as at the same time it is unleashing God's love through us into the world. And so we ask ourselves the question, how is God's love made known throughout all creation? In and through his people. As his love is planted more deeply in us, it's unleashed into the world. Well, how does that, how does that respond to antagonisms? How does that respond to abuse? How does it respond to those who mistreat? How does it respond to one's enemies? Because it seems like that's the barrier that love is given. God's love is unleashed in the world through his people until it runs up against the barrier 
of one's enemies, of abuse, of mistreatment. No. As a matter of fact, what Jesus is telling us, as the very thing that unleashes his love and embeds it more fully in his people. Love of one's enemies. Love is the ball game. Love is the ball game. That we would be a people um, that are saturated in, transformed by, and unleashing love into the world. This is the Jesus way. This is the Jesus life. Love fulfills the law. Romans 13, 10. Take a quick gander. It's actually not going to be up on the screen. I'm juking on our tech team here real quick. But go ahead and flip over in your Bibles. This is one of the reasons I like you to have your own Bibles. Uh, look at um, Romans 13, 10. It says, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the ball game. And loving our enemy is brutal. It's unfair. It seems unjust. It's definitely hard. Yeah. And here's Jesus speaking to those who have ears to hear. And he says, love your enemies. He's teaching this flowing right out of the section, and we're not going to look at, read the section before, but you can look at it yourself. It's sort of um, Luke's recording of Jesus' teaching of blessings, and Matthew gives it a very robust, call it Sermon on the Mount. We don't call it the Sermon on the Mount in Luke. He's actually not on a mountain, he's in a plane. So they, it's not the same thing, it's, but it's, it's Jesus' same teaching, and he's talking about blessings and woes. You know, blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of heaven is yours. Those kinds of things, right? That rings a bell for us. And he gets towards the bottom of that and he says, blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, when they insult you, when they reject your name as evil, and they do all of this because of him. Right, and so Jesus was talking about these blessings. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God has come and it is blessing for those who think that they are out of the reach of God's blessing. That's beautiful news. That's good, powerful news. That those who think they are beyond the reach of God's arm, the kingdom of God is for you. Blessed are you. And it includes in there, blessed are you when people insult you and mistreat you. And so it begs the question, doesn't it? Really, when they insult me, when they mistreat me, when they, ah, oh, that doesn't seem right, Jesus. And he follows it up here, love your enemies. And even as we're confronted with this, it can be a little bit offensive, isn't it? Because we've got this sense of what is right and wrong. And when people come against us, when they oppose us, it's wrong. And we know what to do when things are wrong. We get people back. We, we even the score. We make sure that they know they never get to do that again. Yet Jesus says, love your enemy. And that word there for love is agape. 
Agape is the original word that's used there. There are different kinds of love. This agape love is the love that's used to describe God's love. God's love that moves towards the other for the benefit and the good of the other. That's what's being described here. It's not necessarily saying love your enemy, send them a card. Love your enemy, uh, carry warm feelings for them, right? It's not just about feelings, it's about actions, right, Patty? And so we, he's showing us what love is. It is this action-oriented for the good of the other. It is God's love towards us. Steadfast, loyal love. This is what's being described here. For God loved the world in this way. Ring a bell to anybody? For God loved the world in this way. He gave his son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but would have eternal life. This is what God did. This is what he unleashes in the world, his agape love. And it's a reminder for us that enemy love embeds the transforming fruit of the spirit more deeply in us as it unleashes God's love through us into the world. Now, some of you might be sitting back and thinking, this seems a little bit easy because, frankly, I got no enemies. Right? Like, no, like, kind of do the list. You go, like, no, I don't really have any enemies. There's nobody that I wake up and go, I got enemies, and I'm going to get my enemies today. And so you might be thinking to yourself, I'm kind of off the hook here. Can we examine what we're talking about? He uses the language of enemies on purpose. Um, uh, at this point, he's talking primarily to, to Jews, and the Jews had this sense that everybody who weren't Jews were enemies. Like, we're only good to Jews. We only lend to Jews. We only take care of our own. We, we keep our own. We protect our own. We only are good to our own. And everybody else gets, at best, the cold shoulder. And so Jesus was breaking through that divide because he knew that, um, that God's gift was that Israel would receive God's blessing in order to be a blessing to all nations. And here was Jesus, though born in this context, was blessing all nations. It's what he came to do. And so he's speaking to this notion of enemy, but we don't live with a lot of that notion here today for many of us. I mean, unless you count like Jets fans, you know, but that's kind of the, how it goes, right? Out, out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? Right, so this is kind of like a lot of us, we don't think in terms of enemies. But, but he doesn't let us get away with writing that off, right? Who are our enemies? Are those who hate you. Those who curse you. Sometimes that's cursing at you. It's cursing you. Who are doing the opposite of blessing. They're trying to steal life. It might be people in your work who are trying to undercut you. Who are using manipulation to cut you out of the deal. It might be people who are lying to you. It's people who through their politics in the office are trying to manipulate and um, tarnish your reputation. So they can get a step ahead of you. Like that fits under curse. Those who hate you. Those who curse you. Those who mistreat you. Anybody been mistreated here? Yeah, me too. Right, the, the door opens a bit for us to be welcomed into this teaching on Jesus if we have ears to hear. Does it not? 
love your enemies. Those who are violent to us, those who are coercive to us, those who take advantage, even those who rob. And so Jesus says, love your enemies. Seriously. Your enemies. Love them. All right, look at verses 29 and 30. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes it, don't demand it back. And so he's ticking down these things, weaving this into the very fabric of the Christian ethic. And so there are those who choose violence. Right, to slap you on the cheek, it, uh, like, it could mean a couple of different things here. One, it might just be somebody walks up and pops you on the jaw. It, it could mean that. Like the, the, the connotation in the words here could be that uh, striking, pun intended. Somebody just pops you on the jaw, turn to them the other one. It also could mean sort of this uh, public ridicule. Uh, where if somebody, if somebody was choosing to publicly offend you, they might come up and slap you on the cheek. And so it's this, uh, it's this, it does violence, it does violence to reputation, it, whether it's somebody who's choosing to kind of publicly ridicule you or it's somebody who physically pops you in the face. Doesn't it, like, it's kind of surprising. Like, whoa, I can't believe that that just happened. It makes me feel small, right, when somebody does that. Oh. So what do we want to do in that? When somebody makes us feel small, we want to feel big. And so we do the things that make us feel big and strong and powerful in response. But what does Jesus say? Somebody pops you on the right, turn to them the left. Choose peace. You, empowered by God's spirit, have the capacity to choose peace. Talks about somebody who's going to take your um, take your coat, give him your tunic, or give him your shirt. Instead, you talked about this, Alex, uh, standing out. It's, so kind of that outer garment, somebody takes your coat, give them to him your shirt as well, the one that's right up against your skin. It, it might be that this is in a court case. Again, it can carry some of that connotation. Somebody is coming, maybe even unjustly, they're coming for your stuff, and they're going to walk away. The court judge is going to say, here's the verdict. The coat is his. And what Jesus is saying, part of loving enemies looks like, oh, you, you, you coerced, you manipulated, you took my coat from me? Oh, here's my shirt too. Don't miss this. It, it leaves one pretty exposed, doesn't it? It leaves one exposed. And so there's actually part of loving enemy is choosing Instead of violence and one for one, it's choosing nakedness, exposure, vulnerability. In the very moment that we're feeling small and we want to become big, loving your enemy says, oh, take this too. You forgot the shirt. It matches. For those who might take advantage of you, it's kind of speaking of if anybody like begs from you, if anybody asks you for something, give them what they're asking for. 
And again, this was shaking up perceptions because there was this perception in this audience that Jesus was talking to that, that might be, well, yeah, we do this for, for each other, for family, but for those outside of the family, not so much. But Jesus says, love your enemies. It breaks down the fence of where our love goes, does it not? So somebody asks you, give them. Might be taking advantage. Now, um, I don't often have, there's, there's, so this is a little bit of nerd uh, stuff here that, that we're going to look at. So it, it's this um, whole dynamic of um, give to everyone who asks you, and if somebody takes what belongs to you, uh, don't demand it back. <clears throat> It's kind of this, this borrowing dynamic. And, and the way the NIV translates this is don't hesitate, um, borrow even if they don't return it. And I think there's actually a different nuance that Jesus is playing here. Again, so we're going nerd level on this one. As we look at some different translations in this and what's being percolated in some of the original language that we might see, it has less to do with um, the... Kind of the, the economics of, oh, you borrow from me, then you return from me. But rather, it's the who do I lend to? And so uh, what Jesus is exhorting his followers, his disciples to do, is lend to those even if they can't do favors back to you. He's, he's coming against this whole notion of, uh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And so it's less about um, lending and paying back it's more about, will you lend to, will you take care of, will you scratch the back of somebody even if they can't pay you back? Because that's what we tend to do, right? I'm going to lend you my rake because I know you've got a great weed eater and at some point I might need to borrow your weed eater and then if I lend you my rake and you give it back, then I can say, hey buddy, can I borrow your weed eater and you kind of owe me a little bit and I know you got something I want and you're like, sure, sure, I'll give that back to you, right? And so that's what it's pushing against. And so it might be, hey, um, you're asking to borrow my rake. Okay. Right, that's just the end of it. It's not doing the math of what, what do you get? What am I, what you got in your garage? Well, I might need that at some point. Yeah, okay, we can, we can do this together. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Jesus is saying, no, that's not the way the disciple lives. Because a disciple is untethered from his and her stuff. Right? Aren't all these things, and don't we often just define our enemies even based on stuff, the circle of those who oppose me? I'm protecting stuff. And so Jesus is saying, my disciples are untethered from stuff. And so if somebody is begging you, um, then give to them. If, if they're asking to borrow, let them borrow. And not just because they can do something good for you. Oh. Like he's upending the way that Jewish economy was working in this thing, the way those relationships worked. And he challenges us also, does he not? And even those who rob, who unjustly take. For the follower of Jesus, for the disciple of Jesus, for the apprentice of Jesus, it is better to be robbed than it is to harm another. Why? Because the disciple of Jesus is untethered from stuff. Doesn't mean we don't have stuff. It just means our heart isn't tethered to it. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is so much more. Right? This is what love looks like. And then he circles the block again. 
this whole passage about what, what good is it doing, yeah? Like, okay, so you love people who love you back. Big whoop. What is that credit to you? That language is actually about blessing. So there's a play in words here back to the blessing because Jesus is going to bless the poor. Blessed are those who uh, are persecuted for my name's sake, right? So he just went blessing, 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 blessing. And so you love those who love you back. What real blessing is that to you? You lend to those who can lend back to you. What blessing is that to you? Like if you want to live in blessing, he says, hear. He says, listen, for those who have ears to hear, love your enemies. And so we wrestle with, we grapple with this whole notion of enemy love because enemy love on, embeds the transforming fruit of the Spirit, the character of Christ more deeply in us, and it unleashes God's love through us into the world. And so we see that here, verse 35, the second part of that. All right, so he reiterates, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting them to lend back to you. Then your reward will be great. He's recalibrating our reward. So it's not even saying you can't expect a reward that is rewardless. It's if you love your enemy, your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high. God's character is shaped in us, embedded in us, driven deeply in us through the love of enemies. For God's reward is his kingdom. Remember, we're just coming on the heels of this. Blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. The blessing of the kingdom. The good, beautiful, powerful rule of God alive in you through his spirit. And it reveals that we are children of God. His character is reflected in us and is growing roots in our soul. We are the children of God. Remember back in high school, um, some of you have, have remembered this, you might, might remember this story, I'm, I'm sure I've told it before. Uh, my father died when I was young. I was about seven years old uh, when my father died, uh, pretty unexpectedly. And so I grew up most of my life without my dad. Um, but I've always had, like, I've, particularly as a kid, but even now as a man, I want to be like my, like there was so much about him even at seven years old that I, that I loved, that I wanted to emulate, that I wanted to be like, and he had such a great reputation for the people around him. Um, and I remember there was one day I was in high school and I got there late and the hallways had been already cleared. Everybody was in the classes. And so I was walking in with my buddy and kind of knew that there was trouble coming. <laughs> like the hallways aren't supposed to be clear when you show up. And so walking down the hallways, but we were joking around and I don't even remember exactly what he said, but it just, it struck me as so funny. And I honestly just let out a huge belly laugh. I couldn't contain it in. And I knew that was the alarm bell that would trigger the trouble that would come our way, right? So we're walking down the hallway and I'm just letting out this laugh. And sure enough, coming bounding out one of the classroom doors was one of the teachers. Boom. And she looks and she finds me and she says, who are you? My name's Matt. Matt what? Ugh. Matt Fur. Was your dad Larry Fur? 
My dad was an educator in that system. Is your dad Larry Fur? Yes. And she just gets this smile on her face. She says, I knew it. I was in my class getting ready to start and I heard his laughter in the hallway. And I had to see if it was him. When God says, you become children of the most high, that's what he's talking about. That you so take on his character. You don't even have to think about, I don't have to think about my life. I don't have to try to laugh like my, it just comes out. Why? Because it's something in. When we are children of the most high, we don't have to think about it. We don't have to coerce it. We don't have to manipulate it. We don't have to cajole it. It comes out. And those around us say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you a follower of Jesus? Why, yes. I wondered. I always wondered what he sounded like. I always wondered what he looked like. Do you know what he sounds like? Do you know what he looks like? He looks like the creator who forgives his enemies. This is how his love is unleashed in the world. Look at verse 36. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Love your enemies. Do good to the ones who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray, pray, pray for the good. Pray for God's blessing. Pray for fruitfulness. Pray for repentance that they might know life now and forever. Pray for those who mistreat you. Be merciful, just as your father is merciful. That verse just before it, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. And we're all sitting here because of his kindness. For we are the ungrateful and the wicked. I am the ungrateful and the wicked. You are the ungrateful and the wicked and he is oh so kind to you he is oh so kind to me why do we love our enemies because that is precisely who he is and what he has done and continues to do Love your political enemies. 
Love your work enemies. Love your family enemies. Love your neighborhood enemies. Love your ex-wife, your ex-husband enemies. Love the ones who mistreat and malign. For in this love you will know him. Because that's who he is. And in this love, the kingdom of God, the benevolent rule of God is unleashed into the world. And the forgiveness of enemies, the love of enemies, hell has no answer for that. Where the enemy of God would seek for you to cower in fear, for you to resist in anger, to hold on to the silent, seething grudges. The Lord of the universe says, if you have ears to hear, listen, love your enemies. And in this you shall be known as the children of the Most High. For he is kind, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Let's pray. Jesus, creator, sustainer of all that is, we humbly bow before you and acknowledge we are recipients of your kindness and your mercy. We have stood opposed to you as your enemies, and yet you have given us life and freedom. Through your death, Jesus, through your resurrection, we might know forgiveness and life now and forever. Birth this new life in us through the power of your spirit that your love would be embedded more fully in us and your love might be unleashed throughout all the world through your people. That all nations would be drawn to you that people everywhere would join us in worshiping you now and forever. Let it be so by the power of your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Stand with me if you would. If you have never tasted the mercy and kindness of God, you can do so today. As you repent and give yourself to him, our prayer team would love to talk with you and pray with you that you might know life today, even for the first time, that you might walk in his mercy and know his kindness and that his love by the power of his spirit would be planted within you and can never be stolen. If there's any other reason, prayer team would love to pray with you. Any other reason you'd like us to pray, come on up. We'd love to be able to do that before you go home today. As you turn around and head out these doors, there's lots of enemies to be loved. Is there not? And may you, by the power of God's Holy Spirit, filled to overflowing through his power, may you love them, may you do good to them, may you bless those who curse you, and may you pray for those who hate you and walk in his love today, tomorrow, and forever. Blessings over you as you go. Thanks for being here.
take a little bit to stop and reflect on what God might be saying to you and how you'll respond to him today. Wherever you are on your journey of faith, we are here to serve you. Find us at centerpointnh.org and join us on the journey of living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus.